This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And with emphasis on teaching. So we usually teach in series. So this is our, I think, our eighth lesson on this particular subject. And God is walking us through because he has us in preparation. Nevertheless, the word of God is true. And it's going to bless you. If you, if, if you pay attention, if you go back and you look, and I think, I, I'm not sure, but I think all of the things that we've been teaching, you can go back and listen to them so that you can connect the knowledge. It's so important to connect the knowledge because you need to walk so that you can move from knowledge to wisdom. And the only way that you're going to do that is you've got to first get the knowledge and then move to wisdom. And we're going to get into that a little later. But over in Philippians chapter 2, which is our foundation scripture where we are anchored in on this particular teaching, in, verse, in chapter, chapter 2, verse 12, it begins, Wherefore, my beloved... As ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I love that work out your own salvation. That just took it out of your hands or out of you blaming anyone else or out of you saying why you are not where you're supposed to be. He just have commanded you to work out your own salvation. And God is going to always give you the tools to work it out. But you have to pick up the tools and work it out. So we're being restored in this ministry and in the word of God. We're being restored by the master's hands. He is having, he has his hands on us. And we're so thankful for it. So we're thankful for another opportunity to work in his kingdom. To be an instrument of righteousness. And his hand is upon us to restore us. But in this restoration, we must work out our own salvation. We've learned in this teaching that restoration takes a lot of work. It takes a lot, and it's a process of time. But you have to begin the work. You'll never know what the end is going to be if you never start and get started and begin to do something. Okay, so you need to, everything that we've taught, you should be putting into practice every day. Whether it's an epidemic or a pandemic, you still have to work this thing out. Whether you're staying at home, let me tell you, you don't have to be out in the world in order to work these things because of, for for the way my father worked, all of the instrument that he's given you, even though you locked in and quarantined, it's for your home. See, we think, well, I'm not in the workplace. I don't. No, you, you need to start at home. All of these principles you need to be putting into practice at home first. So don't act like, well, I'm gonna put, the, you know, I'm gonna really do this when. No, do it now and then. Amen. And then I told you that the intent of this series is to prepare us for God's next move in our lives. And God is moving. And God is moving in this place. And so God is making a preparation for us. Amen. And then I told you that we need not to carry any hurts and any disappointments, any, any, anything, any damaged relationship, anything. We have to not carry them from the next phase of our life and for every phase of our life. And so many Christians, that's what they do. All of their Christian walk. 
if they keep carrying hurts and disappointments and, and uh, setbacks and failures. And every time they move into another phase of their life, they take those right with them. And so there's a problem. That's why the situation, that's why we have most Christians, not all, but most Christians, they have such a failure at their Christian walk. They love God. It has nothing to do with their love walk, but for it's being successful in their walk with God, it's, it's always a struggle. It's always something. I mean, God's going to show you in this teaching today why that is. We also learned that, uh, let's down, that we have to listen attentively. We have to submit fully and we have to conform completely and when to, in order to obey God because obedience is the factor here. God wants us healthy spiritually, naturally, financially, but you're going to have to listen attentively. you got to understand what God is saying at the time that he said it and you got to do it. You gotta submit to it fully. You can't do half of it. You can't do, see that's what, that's what's wrong with God's people. They think God can tell me to do something and I can do half of it and God is pleased. If you don't do it fully, you've done none of it as far as God is concerned. There is no half and do what you want with God and then flip over and say, well, you know, at least I did this. That's the world's way. You're not of that kingdom. You're a citizen of the, of the, the almighty God. You're a citizen of heaven. So, in that, you have to submit fully. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. That's going to be many things. And if you lived long enough, you already know there's many things in life that you don't, you don't necessarily like, but you still have to submit to it. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. It's the right way to go. I'm telling you, when you have to pay taxes on your home, let me tell you, you don't want to submit to it, but you better. Because if you're going to get the benefits... From living in that home, you submit to it. And guess what? You don't give them half. And you're not giving them a third or a fourth. Or they coming after your house. You got to give them fully everything. They're like, okay, you got into this day. And we don't care how you break it up, but it must be in by that. It's the same way with the things of God. You cannot do what you want to or have to and say, God, but at least I did this. Doesn't that count for something? Yes, it counts for zero. That is a number, but so it, that's what it counts for. Absolutely zero. Because you must submit how? Fully. If God gives a okay, and understand this, God's word is never a suggestion. God's word is a commandment. He is the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the universe. The crea- he created you. And why would he have to bow down or give you whatever he says is law? Did you hear me? So, and then you have to conform completely. That means after you submit to what you didn't want to submit to, then all of a sudden get happy about it. Conform to it. Say, you know what, let it go. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Conform to even what you don't like. If God has said it, it doesn't matter. I didn't like it. I had to do it. If God said forgive, God, oh, I didn't want to do that everything. But you did it anyway. God said, okay, now you submitted fully, now conform completely. Now be happy about it. Have joy about it. Be okay with it. Accept it. So see, don't just, just, uh, no, conform completely. 
What does that mean completely? That means that whatever he told you to do, when you hear about it, you can't cringe anymore. Because I've conformed completely. I'm good. If that person that you had to ask for forgiveness or you had to go to, and now every time they, their name is mentioned, you have a problem with it, you haven't conformed completely. Completely. you got to say, okay, God, I surrender it all, and I'm happy. Why? Because let me tell you, your reward is coming for obeying God. Now, the reward is coming to you for forgiveness. Because, see, it, it helps you. But the reward is coming from your obedience. From, from God. Amen? And then we said that we, uh, we've learned that if we're going to be restored, we have to heal our hurts. We have to heal from past hurts, whatever kind of hurts they are. They need to be healed. Damaged relationships that we've been in. Damn, and we started with the damaged relationship you have with God. Fix it. Just get it right. Just say, God, I know all of this is me. All of this. See, first of all, you got to be like David. First, just just say, you know what, it's me. I'm the one out of order and out of line. Instead of giving him excuses. Excuses are a lie you tell yourself. Don't give it to God. So then, so I'm, I'm completely being conformed to God's image. Remember, God's hands is on you. So you need to yield to that. Amen. And God said, told us that when we forgive, we got to let it go. Leave it alone and give up the debt. And we don't want to give up the debt. Now, we don't want nobody to put debt on us, but we don't want to give up the debt. God said, give it up. We're not going to go through all of that. We talked about that. Then we learned a couple of weeks ago that we have to repair our breaches. You know, a breach is a broken place. A gap in your life. A gap in places in and in, in your life, just just going, just like a fence with a big gap in it. And God said, you got, uh, uh, those need to be repaired. Those need to be prepared because why? When you leave a breach open like that, you give place to the adversary. He has a way to get in. Everything needs to be covered. So we need our breaches uh, repaired. And then we said we in our, uh, to uh, repair our breaches, we need to be repairing in who I am, in my character, in my conduct. All of those things we have to say. In our commitment to the faith. Every one of those ways, we have to be able to be repaired in that. There's many ways that we are just not repaired. And God is saying, I got my hands on you, and I'm giving you the tools. When he put his hands on you, now you put your hands on your children, and you hand them something, that's what he's doing. He has his hands on you to let you know he's there, and now he's going to give you the tools. And he's been giving you the tools all along. Grab them. Grab them. Amen. And then we said um, that to repair our breaches, we have to repair it in our natural knowledge. And in, in, and in our natural knowledge, we said knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is totally different. And I wanted, I, want, I did a little research, and I began. To, and so I want, I want to, I want to let you know this, so it will help you to get wisdom. Because see, it's not only being able to apply the knowledge, but you have to first get to it. And the first way to get to, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a tool. The first way to get wisdom is first to fear the Lord. Start there. Fear God, and it's best understood as reverent, reverent obedience. 
And it's expressed in a submissive spirit rather than a terrifying dread. See, we always like, oh, no, I ain't going to do that. I'm scared of God. Like it's a terrifying dread. No, 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 no. The fear that God is telling you to have, because your children are not afraid of you. So why would we be afraid of God? No, it's a reverent fear. Fear of the Lord is the beginning point of becoming a man or woman of wisdom. And you can find, you know, go to Proverbs. Don't go there, but write it down and you can go there later. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Let me tell you, the fear of the Lord is the beginning point of becoming a man or woman of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is expressed in many ways. Many ways. Listen. Because it is a secret, the secret of uh, obtaining uh, genuine wisdom is in the, the fact that he is, he's not a terror. He's not a tyrant. It's a reverent fear. But he's kind. So it's an awe and a respect. See, I want you to get that clear because this is how you begin to begin to walk toward wisdom. And this, when you have an awe a, a, and a respect for God, it leads you right into obedience. It leads you into obedience to Him. And, and who is, it, you want to be in obedience to the wisest of all, our God. So the fear of the Lord is full recognition of His nature. You have to have full recognition. I, now, I need to know His nature. Pastor, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by knowing his nature? Well, let me tell you. Our God, first of all, is omnipotent. Omnipotent. What does that mean? Having unlimited power and able to do anything. Having ultimate power and influence. Now, that's, that's it. He's able. Now, nobody that I know on earth or you know on earth can do anything. But our omnipotent God can do anything. God being every... Now, the, the second one is, He's omniscient. He's omniscient. What is that? Knowing everything. Now, not only can He do everything, He knows everything. Now, that, see, that, that right there gives you total respect and all. He knows everything. And then we have an omnipresent God. And that's a God being everywhere at the same time. Now, see, that's why He's God. But I ain't, you know, that just can't be. Who can be everywhere sometimes? You can't. But we're talking about the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe, the one who set the world together by the span of His hand, the one that called the water to come and go no further. He had the, the whole water come and it came rushing up on Him, and He said, "Go right here and no further." That's why when you go to the beaches, that's why when you see oceans, that's why when you sit there and the water comes up and it goes back. Because it is commanded where it can go and it can go no further. Now, we know what the world calls a flood, but the flood that, like, that God would uh, done years and years and years ago will never happen again. The water will obey Him. He, you know what? If you want to question him, the question he has for you is, can you walk on the bottom of the ocean? Can you put the hook in the jaw of the Leviathan? Can you do any of that? Well, well, forget all of that. Let's talk about something simple. Can you add one stature to your growth and keep it? See, I can add one stature with these heels, but I can't add one and keep it. 
Because see, when I take these hills off, I'm going back to where I was. But he said, but can you add one stature and keep it? Then you can question him. Now, he said, now let me get more. That, that, that might be a little hard. Can you count how many strands is on the head of the head, head of your hair? I mean, the hair of your on your head. Yes, the strand. Now you already know. And some of us got nappy, kinky, straight. Well, whichever way it was, you know what I mean count every little strand. He said, if you can't do that little simple thing. So, you know, that in, the, that in itself should give you total awe and respect of the Almighty God. It'll lead you into obedience. It'll lead you right into wisdom. But you're going to have to know how to do that. So we have, and I love that omnipresence, everywhere at the same time. So I don't have to worry about saying, oh, he's over there helping so-and-so. He's over there helping Sister Allen. He's over there helping Sister Kelly. He, don't, he can't help me right now. He can be everywhere at the same time, giving everybody his total attention. What an almighty God. That's the God we serve. That's the almighty God. That's a God I can trust. That's the God that I can get up every morning and say, Thank you, Lord, that you changed now. You're the same today as you was yesterday. Omnipresent. Amen. Reverend is to give full recognition of his authority and power. And understand that God is absolute sovereign. That's our responsibility. And see, such recognition like that, it brings a trembling in your heart. Not of a fear of dread, but a trembling of awe respect. That God, how can I even stand in your sight? It's not cowarding before him like, oh, you know, I'm scared of God. No, it's a reverence of who he is and his authority over your life. That's a reverence fear. That'll keep you out of sin. It'll make you, when you begin to get ready to sin, you think of the awesomeness of him and the total respect you have. So as a child of God, we should have a holy trembling in our hearts that is balanced by the deep love and our that we have and respect that we have for our Heavenly Father. That's it. There is a There should be a healthy fear of His authority and power. Listen. Balance that. Have a fear of His awesome power and His awesome authority. And, and He's the God that we trust. We trust Him with that. And we should always trust Him with that. Amen? So we need to understand that we need that wisdom. And let me tell you, and it, it, see, again, knowledge doesn't have any... It's not wisdom. Let me give you an example. Watch this. You can go on the internet. You can look it up. You can know. But I'm here to tell you, anyone that has anything to do with teaching children... Or uh, in that capacity, anything, everyone that's responsible of that, all the teachers, the counselors, the principals, all of them, let me tell you, it's one thing that they know. You can ask any of them that one thing that they know. They know that when a child stays up under a screen, uh, like a computer screen, uh, uh, a telephone screen, whatever, an iPad, if they're constantly 
constantly, constantly upon it. Ask any of them, ask any of them, I mean constantly just sitting around just looking at videos. All of them will tell you it's detrimental to the overall development of a child. If that's all they do. If all you do is let them play video games all the time, it is detrimental to their development and growth. I know, I know, but you wanted to be a mother. You're the one wanted a, oh, that's the only way I can get some rest. I, I put that in their hand and I get me three hours. I get you. I, well, okay, but understand that it's detrimental to their growth and development. Now, that's just knowledge. <laughs> that's just knowledge. And most people know that. Teachers know it, anybody over children, even just the parent knows that. But here comes the wisdom. Very few of them have enough wisdom to take the screen away. See, now that's come wisdom. See, now, see, now you move from knowledge, you know what it does, but the wisdom you don't have because you won't take it away. When you know, when you already know by knowledge that is detrimental to their growth and development. But no wisdom to take it away. Amen. So, we understand knowledge, mm -mm. that's nothing that we have to be, you know, we can have it, but it's not until you can make application of it that it becomes wisdom. Then we went over to Psalms chapter 1. Let's go over there. Let's run. Because you know this time gets away. Psalms chapter 1. And you know what? God is, God is just rebuilding so many things. And God is going to basically, you know, we, we, we said in, in prior teachings and that we want to rebuild what has been damaged, you know, with healing our hurts and all of those things. And then we have to be restored to, so that we can be used by God. Oh, we want soul to be used by God. Now, when I talk about, I told you when I talk about being used by God, and to make sure that you understand it, what, what I mean when I say being used by God, it basically means three things, I told you. I told you, you want to be used by God to do His will, to represent Him, and to glorify Him. I want to be used to do His will. I want to be used to, I want to be conformed to His image. I want to be conformed to His image. That means I have to obey. I have to submit. I have to conform. That's being conformed to His image. And then represent Him. We have to represent Him and show the same love that He has for mankind. We have to put ourselves in position to do the same. And you know, we have to just simply take on the ministry of reconciliation. And then we want to glorify Him with our lives. We want to be able to go in front of people or be with someone and their life is never the same just because they've been in your presence, just because they know. You want someone to say, you know what, I came to know God just because, just, just because watching your life. You know, oh, don't give me no credit, it's all God. But we, we know it. But God has got a, God has representatives in the earth, and God wants to use you for that. Amen? And then we said that preparation is a hard, unseen work that produces seen results. Church, listen. Stop looking to be recognized. Nobody's going to recognize you. It's unseen work. I told you that your preparation that no one sees is not going to be appreciated by anyone. But it's essential to you. 
It's essential. See, what's, what's, what nobody sees is essential to you. Don't worry if nobody don't see it. Don't worry if nobody compliments you on your change. You don't need that. If God is working in you, just let Him work in you. Amen? Nobody's going to appreciate your work and what you're doing on the inside. Get that down. But once you forget, get this down even above that, that it's essential that I get it. It's essential that I get this work done that nobody sees because it's going to help me. And eventually someone will see. But don't look for them. Don't spend all your time waiting for someone to tell you or looking for someone to give you kudos about what you should have been doing all along. Amen. You just keep working on those things. Just keep working on it. I'm telling you, God sees all. And that's who you want to see it. Amen. And then I told you that uh, preparation requires me not to be distracted from the work that God has called us to. And I'm telling you, church, there's a a rebuilding that needs to be done. And in that, you do not want to be distracted. There's many things that's going to distract you. Always know that. Distractions will come. Distraction is going to come. Already know that. Don't be like, well, if that was God, it wouldn't do. No, no, no. You're going to have distraction. I I know this. People, they try to use those things when they want to get out of something. Well, if it was God, it would have happened. No, 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 no. You did something. Listen, you're going to have distractions in whatever area you're in. As long as you live, whatever that you're called to do or every, anything, it could be natural or spiritual. Something's going to come to distract you. you got to make sure that you, for yourself that you're not distracted. Amen? And then I told you I was giving you three simple twos uh, uh, that was going to help you. I told you the first one was that you have to become settled. Mm, we talked about that last year. You're gonna, if you're gonna build relationship, heal hurts and breaches, you have to be settled. And I told you when you are a person that's not settled, you will go into make it happen mode and start doing all kinds of things just to make it happen. No. But, and I told you, you can do all of that, but that doesn't make you whole. We're talking about God making you whole. We're talking about God restoring you fully and completely. He's not, that's not, that's not fully, that's not completely, that's nothing. When you do all of those things, and I'm, well, I'm gonna make it happen. That's one thing I can do. I can make it happen. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. What you need is a steady and secure life. That's your problem. Steady yourself. Steady yourself. Even when distraction comes, steady yourself. A steady and secure life. It, that means a settled life. If you're going to have a settled life, it has to be a steady and secure life. Let me tell you. Settle means to plant yourself. Plant yourself. Just plant yourself. Just say, you know what, I'm planting myself. And I gave you the illustration how children bounce around and do this, that, and the other. And you just tell them to go sit somewhere or sit down. Just plant yourself. Settle down. And then I told you to be settled also means to resolve that this is who I am. So it doesn't matter what comes up. You are a Christian. Resolve that. Make a resolution of that. Make a resolve that I am a Christian and this is who I am. I got to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm instructed to do by God. I can't try to filter through what I think it is and what I don't. No, 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 no. You have to do exactly what God is saying. Amen. See, that's our problem. This is what we do. 
We use God like an app. If it's something we don't want, we swipe up. God, I don't want that. Then we swipe up. But this is the one thing you know. Let me tell you. The swiping up and not wanting to do what God is treating him like an app, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know why? See, you think I don't know so much, but let me tell you, I do my research. Because God is the operating system. See, so you can do all that swiping up and all. It's not going to work. When he's the operating system, you're going to have to go down that line in order for anything to work. The operating system, if it's not in place, ain't nothing else going to work. Nothing else is going to work. So stop swiping up every time you hear something you don't want. Um, nah, now, nah, let's see what else she's teaching about. Let's see what else is going on. Uh, no, well, I'm going to wait till Wednesday. Well, you're just going to keep swiping. And you'll never do it. And the operating system, you'll notice, in your life, nothing's working though. Because all the apps that you're swiping up and closing is all motivated and all directed and all works through the operating system. And you're not going to be able to just shut that off. Are you following me? So, steady yourself. Settle yourself down. When you're not settled, it hurts your growth. That's why many of you, you've been in church for so long. But if somebody talked to you, well, I've talked to you before. No growth. And it's simply because you're not settled. You can't grow if you're not settled. Steady and secure gives you a life that's able to position you enough that your life, it'll settle you down enough so that you can bear fruit. You need to bear fruit. And fruit that people can come and see and eat off of. It needs to bear fruit. And then we said that restoration, that it settles, you gotta settle the company that you keep. Oh, and this is always a big one, and especially for young people. That's my friend, that's my boo, that's my baby, that's my, this, this, uh, you know what, I don't care who it is. You have to be settled with the company that you keep. Some of you, you wouldn't, when God told you this years ago to settle the company you keep, you didn't. And the company that you thought you wanted to keep, they don't even have no time for you now. But you didn't obey God. You got to settle the company that you keep. And let me tell you, if they're draining on you, they got to go. Get what needs to be out, out. And then I told you there's only three, three types of people in your life. <laughs> it's not four, five, six, seven. Nope, there's three types of people in your life. There's people that's going to add to your life. There's people that's going to drain from your life. And there's people that you're called to minister to. Did you hear me? I told you the ad needs to stay. The drain needs to go. The minister too, you may not be qualified right now to do it. But they're still in your life. Amen? Listen, and, and I told you, and if the person draining on you is, is, is more powerful than your ministry, oh, they got to go. And you got some growing to do. Did you hear me? You asked, well, we talked about that on last week, so we're not going to get all the way into that. And then we said that <sighs> if I'm going to be... Uh, it, uh, one of the things that's required is that I have to be settled in my thoughts and what I think. My thoughts and what I think. 
Mm. And I told you, yes, we, we, you deal with people first and getting your, your people that you associate with first because people cause you to think. And so I have to get my, get me settled in my thinking pattern. You gotta cast down imagination in every high thought that try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You have to say, you know what, this is not, this is not working. Cause this is, uh uh-uh. uh, I, 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 this, I, I have to do something. The, the thoughts that I think is, mm-mm, wrong. All wrong. You know, and you men out there, when a woman walk by, if your thoughts wrong, check it! Don't let it go unchecked. Because it'll lead from one thing to another. See, nobody knows or see it but God. But that's the only one that needs to. For you to get results, you have to say, you know what? That was the wrong thought. I cast that thought down. You need to take that thing in captivity and make it pay. You need to find the Word of God that strengthens you in that area. and You need to stay still with it. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's masturbation. I don't care if it's fornication. I don't care if it's adultery. I don't care if it's just looking at women. I don't care if it's just, uh, you just a peeping tongue. You still gonna have to Get into that word and destroy that thing. And I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about believers. Oh, we need to, we, we're going to go, you know, she, she say master in church? Oh yeah, we talk about sex and everything in this church. That's where it needs to be talked about. That's the problem. That's where it needs to be talked about. So, we understand that. So we have to address the company that we teach. You have to be, you know, settle yourself down, address it. And the only way that you don't want to address it is you want to keep that company. Like, oh, but they my friend. Mm-mm. But you, your thought pattern is all gone. Your thought pattern, you can't even think straight. They got you all off focus. They got you all distracted. They got you all off balance. And your thinking is off balance. That's why Philippians 4 has told us whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, lovely. Listen, get it down in you. Say, wait, that's not lovely. That's not just. That's not, a, that's not good. Somebody come up to you, start talking crazy about somebody. That's not of a good report. See, that's how you check it. But see, but, but see we have people in the body of Christ, they love to hear gossip. So they're not going to check it. And, and, and when they say they're going to check it, they want to check it after they hear it. No, no, no. You're distracted. You don't check it after you hear it. You check it before. Because you don't want to hear it. But some of some, some in the body of Christ, they want to hear it before they say, oh yeah, well let's just let that go, let it go. Well why did it even, you even have to say it? Did you know that, you know what, I don't need that right. I don't need that. Check that. No. Because it's gonna come, it's gonna affect the way you think. And don't tell me that. Well, I don't care what nobody say about so and so. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel the same about them. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. If somebody puts something in your ear, it ain't going away. It's just like if you read a book. That's why be careful what you read. Just because it say Christian, we want to run and put all the careful what you put down in you. Because it's hard to get out. Wrong teaching is hard to get rid of. Wrong thought patterns are hard to get rid of. You let somebody plant something in you, you're going to look for it. You're going to see it. You're going to do all of that. It's going to affect the way you think. 
So if you never heard it, you're clear. So you don't come because you don't even know one way or the other, whether it's true or false. You don't even know. But once you've heard it, then that's something different. Amen. And then I got down to to be settled in your mind. I gave you that tidbit. Less music, more word. I know it caused a lot of little earbud generation to say, Ugh, uh, well, nobody really know what I'm putting in my ear. No, they don't. They don't. Nobody but God. But I'm trying to give you a tool. God is saying, put that in you. That's what's going to strengthen you. That's what's going to take you where you need to be. Amen. When you're walking in your neighborhood, when you're at work, wherever you are, put those earbuds in and put the word on. Let the word, I'm telling you, you'll be going down the street. Amen, amen, amen. And, and again, because, you know, we have those that want to look cool. Dip, tap your feet a little or do whatever. Do whatever you need to keep there. You, need, you, can, you can still look cool to nobody. Nobody knows what's going on in there but you. But a little less music. Now, notice what I didn't say. I didn't say no music at all. It's okay. You have not sinned. You have not sinned. If you listen to Christian music, you have not sinned. I said less music and more of the Word. So you've got to be hungry for the Word. But I will in the music, you know, it does talk about things of God. No, no, no. You need to get in the Word. <laughs> less music, more Word. Amen. And then I don't know if God, uh, did I stop here? Restoration requires me to settle in the place that God called me to. I think that's where we're beginning with our new information. Listen, listen, you know, now, all of this that we talked about, it was for preparing ourselves to be used by God. To be used by God. Now listen, restoration requires me to settle in a place that God called me to. Mm. Whatever, wherever God called me to be, I need to sell it. The Bible says, let, well, let, let's read it. In Psalm, are you in Psalms chapter 1? Beginning at verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now listen to me. Again, you have to be settled in the place that God has called you to be. I like what it says here. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, I want every person under the sound of my voice, every person that's streaming, every person that's hearing me, listen to me closely. I want you to see yourself as a tree, not a plant. Did you hear me? I want you to see yourself as a tree, not a plant. You know why? Because plants can be potted and potted can be moved. I said plants can be potted and pots can be moved. <laughs> but a tree doesn't move. Did you hear me? Oh, I'll say it again. I don't know if you got it. I said see yourself as a tree. 
not a plant. A plant can be potted and a pot can be moved. But a tree doesn't move. Ask yourself, are you a tree of righteousness? Because a tree doesn't move. Now, for example, I have pots on my porch that I put plants in. And this is, this is the thing, just an example. This is the thing that happens. When I plant something in them, I have to go out there and water them. I gotta mess around with them and cut the leaves on them and pull stuff off and water them and I gotta go out there the next day. Layla, come on, let's go outside and let's water this and let's water that in, in the pots. But all of you all know that all plants can live outside. Even the ones that they say, oh, this was for indoors. Well, you know it grew outside before it came into your house. But here's the thing to show you. Plants, they're just potted and they can be moved. The same plants. Now, I got plants up under my trees. But the ones in the pot, I have to come back every year and change them because they die out. And I'll be like, okay, I got to get some new plants this year. But notice, the ones up under my tree, whether they get cold, hot, or whatever, they just take care of themselves. It's just take care. It, 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 I, don't have to, I don't have to do it. I don't have to replant them every year. They're already there. They come back up. Just a perennial. Just, they just come. They just come, come back up. But the ones in the pots is different. So, how many plants are in the body of Christ and how many real trees are there? Because again, trees don't move. Amen? And I mean out of the whole 12 months of the year, I don't have to do anything to any of those. The only ones I have to work on are the ones in the pot. Hmm. I hope you're getting that. But this is what I want you to get out of that. Being potted can kill you because you're all over the place. You're just in and out. It'll kill you over time. You need to be planted somewhere where you can take root. See, you got to be planted. And, and you know what? I know, you know, because we in the body of Christ, we think we can do what we want to. And you like, you know, I want to go to this church. Well, I'm going to that church. Well, I'm going back to this church. Well, I'm over here. I'm over there. You are a plant. I don't care how much you want to be a tree. Because trees don't move. You cannot do it. The Bible teaches us that God places him, you in the body as he sees fit. Not what you want. Now, you might not like where he placed you, but if he set you there, you must stay planted. You cannot hop around. Ask yourself, how many churches have you gone to? And then you'll know whether you're a tree or a plant. Just ask yourself. Now, now, it, it has, now you, you're, not, you're not stupid. And you're not done. I'm not talking about somebody, maybe the church folded and you have to move on. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, they made me mad. They're not doing this over there. Well, you know, they're doing this over here, so I'm going to, well, you ain't even doing that over here. Wherever you came from. So ask yourself, 
How many churches have you gone to that you've been involved in? It's the truth of the matter. Listen, listen. Submit fully, conform completely, and listen attentively. You don't have to be upset about it. And if so, be upset with God. And guess what? Once again, you're back into that damaged relationship. Listen. No matter what comes up. Listen. If, listen. I'm going to tell you just like this. Just like God told me. If God has called you to be a part of this ministry. Listen. If God has called you to be a part of this ministry. You don't need to come and visit You don't need to look around. And you do not need to see if God is saying something is give me a confirmation. You don't have need no confirmation about what his will is. If he called you here, let me tell you, for some of thank you, Lord, I'll say that. For some of you, he called you here years ago. And all you did. And that's why you can't stop bouncing. That's why you can't be a tree. That's why you're a mere plant. Because, and that's why you're wondering why you can't stay still. Because you're potted. Instead of planted. So if God called you here. See you got to be. If you're going to be restored. You got to be at the place that he's going to restore you. And you got to come quick. You got to come running and say, I am going to be planted forever. Some of you, your time is almost up. Oof. I'll say that too, Lord. Now, whoever God is talking to, you don't even, you, you know, you, this might be your first or second time on this stream. And God wanted you here just to hear that. Now, I haven't talked to anybody but my family, so I don't know, and it's none of my business. I know how to mind my own business when it comes to working for God. That's God's business. But he said it, and he said, your time is running out. He wants you planted. Are you with me? Get some roots. And I'm here to tell you, in this ministry, you're going to get roots. Now, you can pull yourself up. And goes, but you're going to get roots. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Did I tell you all to go to Hebrews chapter 12? No, but go, let's go over there. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go there. I have to be settled. And secondly, I have to be consistent. Restoration requires that I have to be consistent. The reason why you have to be consistent, that's why you need to be rooted. Because you cannot be considered if you're jumping around. And guess what? You're never going to be consistent if you're not settled. You will not be consistent. Now, you can thank your founding pastor for what I'm about to say right now. Consistency requires an organized life. And that's one thing that Pastor Hill had, was an organized life. And many couldn't understand him, and many, many of his family members and none of them. And, and, you know, disorganized people can never understand organized people. You understand that, don't you? 
But he was he had an organized life. But you need an organized life. Consistency requires an organized life. Why? Because organization is God's plan to do what? He will make life so simple for it'll simplify things. Listen to this closely. If your life is complicated, you will never be consistent. So all of you that love to put this little word and you think this is cute to say, well, well, you're in a relationship, it's complicated. You know why? Because you don't have a consistent life. If you got complicated relationships, it's because you have an inconsistent life. Let me tell you, your life is a a mess. I'm going to tell you that now. Because anything complicated is a mess. Know that. So you can stop dropping that line, complicated. It's complicated. And then when, and from now on, when somebody tells you something's complicated, say, oh, so in other words, it's a mess. Because that's all that means. If your life is complicated, you will not be consistent. Organization produces a consistent, godly lifestyle. Write it down. Organization produces a consistent, godly lifestyle. Listen. Listen, success is doing the same thing every day, day after day after day, over and over again. That is how you are successful. Failure is when you have a sporadic nature, a sporadic life. But a successful life do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Success is not in numbers. It's not, it's doing the same thing over and over again. Hmm. Not always, let me tell you, sporadic life, you, you, let me tell you, you don't have to always do something. This is a sporadic life. You're always doing something different all the time. Trying something new. Okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to do this. Oh, I've learned to do that. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know how me and my husband had a successful marriage for 40 years? It's called monotony. Doing the same thing over and over. That's why we had 40 years of success in our marriage. We had a monotonous relationship. Because guess what? Every morning we woke woke up, when I woke up, I was going to be a wife. When he woke up, he was going to be a husband. No matter what. See, that's not, that's doing the same thing every day. Monotonous, anything monotonous is going to be successful. The same thing every day. I don't care what happened the day before. I don't care if we disagreed the night before. When we woke up the next morning, I was going to be a wife. And he was going to be a husband. It's called monotonous. Doing the same thing the same way all the time. Same thing every day. Amen? And now, people don't want to do that. You want to change. Now, see, doing the same thing every day, it's not fancy. It's not flashy. But it is effective. See, we ain't trying to be fancy or flashy. I'm talking about what works, what's effective. 
when you're monotonous, when you when you doing the same thing every. Let me tell you, that's how. All of you all know well, most of you all know, that I love and I sure hate the Olympics is not coming this year because I love the Olympics and I'm a miss because my husband would make sure he taped everything for me in the Olympics because I like every sport in it. Archery, any of it. I just like, I love everything about it. I love track and field. I love skating. I love sled bombing. I love it all. And you know, I was thinking about this in the teaching and I remember one time I said, nothing but monotony. And one of the commentators, uh, we, was, we was on the, they was, I think it was track that they were doing that particular time. And this is what he said. He said, look at him. His feet is always hit the same thing every time. Every time. Watch the way his hands goes up. It's always the same way. Every time. I'm talking about somebody who went into gold. They were successful. He said, notice, no matter when and wherever we are, wherever he's been, even all the way up to these Olympics, his feet are the same way every time. His hands are doing the same thing every time. That's why he was a success. You do the same thing every time, all the time. Monotonous. And let me tell you, when the crowd begin to yell and get excited about what he's doing, guess what? That's when he's getting recognition from all of that unseen work. See, that's when somebody recognized, oh my God, they were awesome. But you don't know what made them awesome. That was unseen work. See, when they was in the gym and when they were practicing, we, I wasn't there. But I love seeing them running and winning and I give them all the props. Why? Now I'm recognizing that you did a great job. You trained well. But I guarantee you, when they were training or he was training, he wasn't thinking, saying, oh, people ought to say something about this training. They'll see it. I'm telling you, again, it's not flashy, it's not fancy, but it's effective. Same thing. Every time. All the time. Why do you think we say our confession? The same thing all the time, the same way. That's the way we stay successful. We don't have to change all the time. And that's one thing I found in Pastor. I would want to change this or change that or change something. He'd be like, nope. It's the same way all the time. You do the same thing. The same way. Restoration requires us that we purge our weights. Purge them. The first step to being organized is purging. Purge means to free someone from unwanted feelings, memories, or conditions. Purge. It means to physically remove something completely. And I'm in the process of doing that right now in my home. Just just completely. And I think about all the things that my husband used to tell me. Al, this, this is too, you got too much this, you got too much that. And I said, it, it, it's time now to purge. 
I don't want it to be when I leave this earth, my sons are just full of stuff and don't, it's just too much. No, just, I'm like, I don't, you know, you get to a certain age that none of that means nothing. I'm there. Purge. Completely. And for some of you that call yourself purging or putting it away, you don't need to put up what you don't need. See, God is that you don't need, well, I just put this up. No, you don't need it. My sons was cleaning my garage out and they was like, Mom, Mom, really? Mom, really? And, and they said, well, what do you want to do with this? I said, if I haven't seen it in a year, trash it. Because if I ain't seen it in a year, then it ain't important to me. I'm not going through a wait, let me see if I can. No, you don't need to keep what you don't, you don't need it. Why you want to put it up? Oh, I like that. If I go through it, I'm going to find something in there I like. And I'm trying to purge it. And if I haven't seen it, let it go. But that's good to have. You'll get some more if you want. But if you want to purge, just clean it out. I don't need it. I'm trying to, God is trying to get you where you need to be. Listen, you have to purge your weights. A word, weight is anything and anyone that's holding you back. Ooh, anything and anyone, yes, that's holding you back. Anything that is counterproductive or just unnecessary. You know, it's some people that are unnecessary. <laughs> it's some things that are unnecessary. If it's holding me back, I have to purge my life. And guess what? So I don't want you to think that. It may not necessarily be sin. <laughs> See, you want to look at, go try to think of the things that's sinful. It may not be sinful. But you don't need it, so purge it. See, don't try to go and look at the bad things, because it might not be bad. It's just something that's holding you back from where God wants you. But you know why you want to hold on to a lot of things? And, and I know hoarders do this and, and people do this that need to purge things. You hold on to or you want to keep things because you're in love with your weights. See, you're in love with your weights. It's holding you back. It's weighing you down. You haven't been able to do nothing for years and still not doing nothing. And you still don't recognize it as a weight. And you know why you can't recognize this weight? Because it's on you. It's not until you purge it that you'll be like, Oh, that's a weight off of me. <laughs> but you love it. And you love your weights, guess what? More than you love your life. Oh, that's so sad. You love your weights more than you love your life. Ask yourself, what do I love more than my life? Well, whenever you hold on to anything, any, anything or anyone that's holding you back, it's because you have allowed yourself to fall in love to something that's just slowing you down or preventing you altogether. Whether it's doing the will of God or anything, it has slowed you down. And guess what? You picked it up many times, just like a hoarder would do. Like you're going to do something, 
Like I'm going to get rid of it. But guess what? You put it right back in your life. You can't. But you're in love with it. You're in love with that weight. And God said, you're going to have to get rid of the weight. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know. I know. You know uh, uh, uh. He's the operating system. Don't swipe up now. Trying to get rid of it. Uh, no. Don't swipe. The operating system is still going. <laughs> you better get it. So you have to ask yourself, do I want this heavy weight? Down, this is just a way down on my life. And if it's yes, then go for it. That's your life. They say, I love my weight and I'm going to be it. You know what? But guess what? I've learned. And I've had weight. But you know what? I've learned to love being unweighted. See, you got to love being unweighted as much as you loved when you were weighted. Do you, do you, do you get that? Just weighed down. Not good for you. Not good for you at all. Restoration requires that I eliminate the sin. What sin? The sin that so easily besets you. Well, Pastor, what is your sin? What, what is your sin? Well, you don't have to worry about my sin. You just worry about your sin. You gotta, you gotta, don't worry about mine. Just know when you last sinned, that's, that was your sin. That's, what is the sin that so easily beset you? The last one that you sinned. Think about the last sin you did. That's the one that so easily beset you. Whatever your last sin was, that's the one. Well, how do I get rid of it, Pastor? Well, you get rid of it. Listen to me. How you get rid of it is you have to find out what caused me to get into this sin. And that's where you crush it. That's taking the head off the snake right there. You got to find the head of the thing that caused you to do that sin and cut it off. The Bible says give no place to the devil. That's your responsibility. Find what caused you to get into that sin and cut it off. Say, I don't care how much I like it. I don't care how much I love it. This sin has to stop. And this is where it begins. This is how. Every time I'm around them, every time I do this, every time, whatever it is, cut it off. That's the way you get rid of the sin. That so easily, easily beset you. Every time. You know, the word beset means trouble. The sin that easily troubles you. Here it is. Don't give place to trouble. That's all. Don't give place to trouble. And everybody knows what gets you in trouble. This is not a fancy lesson I'm teaching. You know. Your parents told you growing up. Remember they said, don't go, don't go get yourself in no trouble. Same thing. Basically, they said, don't go get beset. Don't you go get in yourself. I'm going to tell you now. Don't go get yourself in no trouble. Uh, some of you heard it like this. You make your bed, you're going to have to lay in it. That's saying, get, don't get in no trouble. Hmm. 
Now that you're grown, it's the same rule. Get away from trouble. Now if you know that certain places and certain people doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing, that's going to cause trouble, get away from that trouble. Just don't go around it. Oh, but they my friend, you know, I'm going to have to act like... You don't have to act like nothing unless you want trouble. I don't hang around people doing trouble. Then restoration is requires that I run my race. <laughs> you got to run your own race. That means I have to stop worrying about everybody else's. But listen to me. Once I purge the weights and eliminate the sin... Listen, this is running your way, your race. Once you recognize your weight, you've gotten rid of your sin, the rest of your life, I promise you, is manageable. It's manageable. Did you hear me? Once you purge those weights, eliminate that sin, the rest of your life is manageable. Once you get all the weights out of your life, that's people and things. Once I eliminate the things that's causing me to get in trouble, even if it's no trouble that no one can outwardly see, maybe you're getting in trouble in your thought life. You still got to get rid of it because that's what God is dealing with you. You're going to have to find out. L- listen, once you get rid of all of that, you're going to find out you're gonna ha- you have a lot of space in your closet in life. See, because you done purged. You done cleaned it out. You'll be like, wow, wow. You're going to find out, oh, I got a lot of space in my life. Man, it's manageable. See, you got an unmanageable life now. And once it's manageable, and once you have a lot of, lot of uh, space in that closet called life, guess what? It won't be very difficult to organize now. It won't be very difficult. You can start organizing like, oh. See, you, you, it, it won't be, you can organize what's left. Why? Because I've gotten rid of the stuff that's causing me drama, causing me, holding me back, slowing me down, getting in my way, can't do the things of God. Once you get, up all, get rid of all of that stuff out of your life, now what you have left, guess what? It's significantly smaller. <laughs> it's smaller than you had. Much smaller than you had before. And then you can just look at whatever you have left in your life and you can check on it and you can prioritize and you can go back and you can look at you can you know you can work you can you can base it on everything you okay I, this is what I need to do. I'm organizing my life. Oh, everything is, everything is falling into place since I got rid of that weight and those sins. Everything. And then every now and then you go back to your closet and see what else needs to go out. Something you put in, got to take it out. Making sure it stay organized. Your life, I'm talking. Don't get caught up with the illustration. I'm talking about your life. A lot of times we get caught up in the illustration so much we miss the whole point.
I'm giving you illustrations because it was given to me one way, but God says you got to give it to them in parables and give them to them with illustrations so they'll understand. So don't get caught up with the illustration. Get understanding of what he's doing in your life. He's restoring you. Don't forget that. Amen? Now, did we read Hebrews chapter 12? Let's read Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. Now God, he just proved that all out to us. He said, get rid of the weights, get rid of the sin, purge it all, get your life, get your life straight, and you're going to be organized. Now go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Where is my 2 Timothy chapter 2? Somewhere in here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Amen. Restoration requires that I be settled, that I be consistent, and thirdly, it requires that I be committed. That I be committed. Committed to the faith. See, once you get your life settled and consistent and organized, you have to be committed to that. Committed means to, you know what, I looked up the word committee and I start, you know, just cross-referencing it and trying to find out all the different, and when I put them all together, all the definition, everything I was looking at, this is what I came up with, what commitment is. It means no matter what. Simplicity. It means no matter what. Commitment means no matter what. I'm going to stay settled, consistent. No matter what. When you are committed, it is no matter what. Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the, the same, where am I? The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Let no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. Listen to me. Church restoration requires us that I endure hardness. I endure hardness. You can't be committed without going through some difficulties. You're going to go through some difficulties. You cannot be committed without going through some difficulties. But commitment says, no matter what. It does, no matter what. So, when it gets hard, hard is not a reason to stop your commitment. Listen, if I would have stopped my commitment from September 1st, 2018... I wouldn't be standing here. Commitment is no matter what. 
no matter what. COVID-19 is not a reason to stop my commitment. Being laid off is no reason to stop my commitment. Did you hear me? None of those things can stop our commitment. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care. I, let's, let me tell you. I know the pandemic is, is here and I know what's going on. I know all about the virus. I know all about all of that. But my commitment to Christ, it does not waver that. And let me, let me, let me, let me seal this for, for those of you that think that, well, when, when is the church coming? We want to get back to the building. Listen, if that's all you're concerned about, honey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, that's the least of your concern. You need to be working on your weights and sins. Don't worry about coming to a building. The building is going to be here waiting. The build, that's not making you have no more faith. That well, well, our church went back to the. I I put something in our in our community cafe, and for those of you that don't have it, I let everyone know we're not moved. I will let everybody know when I've heard from God, and I haven't heard from God, and I don't care. I don't care about what your church is doing. Your church can go back. That doesn't faze me. I don't go by what everybody else is doing, because everybody might be blind and fall in the ditch. I don't want to fall in. I don't care who's going back. I don't care if Ross open or TJ Maxx open. It does not matter. We're going to say, as long as I'm in charge here, whatever it takes to keep the people that belong to Church of the Living Water safe, we're going to do. I don't care. Well, every church done went back with Church of the Living Water. Mm, I don't know about them. It doesn't matter. I'm going to hear from God. I'm not putting anybody's life in danger. Not the people I love. Now maybe somebody, maybe maybe some of your pastors saying, "Oh yeah, but you know, offerings weighed down with this thing, and you know, we need to get back in church where we can come in and see whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care if offerings down. I don't care if it's up. Your life is more important than any darn mammon. That's foolishness. And your your church don't have more faith because it came back one Sunday before us." Or three Sundays before, or three months before us. And guess what? And we are available to pray for you when you're in the hospital. We're still available. Just know that. But I'm not moved by what people do. I'm not gauging what everybody else do to do this or to do that. I'm abide by the law of the land, but I'm moving by the word of God when it comes to his people. So just just know that. So you don't have to worry about that, and 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 no nobody that belongs to this ministry have to worry about what is what is pastor pastor gonna do. Don't you worry. I know how to hear from God. And if you don't think I know how to hear from God, I don't know why you're here. So I'm not moved, and don't you be moved, Amen. Now listen, it's gonna take strength. It takes some strength. For you to understand that I have to be committed. You got to be strong. Listen, commitment says no matter what. And you have to tell yourself, you know what, I anticipated this hardness when I made the commitment. Because anytime you make a commitment to God, some hardness is going to come. Anytime you, anytime you make any kind of commitment. Restoration also requires that I don't get caught up. 
Don't get caught up. That's what I was talking about. Are we not getting caught up with anything? You'll know way ahead of time. We're not getting caught up. And then restoration requires that I watch out for traps. Traps are being laid all around. But God has already gave us the road to take. And where to place our feet. We, our feet are like hinds feet. We follow him and we're going to miss every trap. And then restoration means that I remember, remember this always. I have been chosen. I have been chosen. You want to stay committed? You must remember, you didn't choose God. He chose you. See, remember that. If you want to be committed, say, you know what? I didn't choose God. God chose me. And guess what? Because he chose me, I want to please him. I want to please him. Who? Him who has chosen me. I want to please him. He's chosen me to be a good soldier. Hmm. If he's chosen me, he thinks a lot of me. I want to please him. You know what it means to be chosen? It means that you, that you were selected. Listen, it means that you were selected by God as the best. Now see, now that's enough. Now if God selected me as the best, now we all know who we are. But if God selected, he selected you as the best. Now when I see myself as the best because he selected me, my head thinks I can't let him down. I can't let him down. He has selected me. Among everybody else as the best. And you should think of yourself the same way. Because remember, he can be everywhere and with everybody. And he selects the best. I was chosen by God as his best. Tell yourself that. So I will not let him down. Every time something come up that tries to pull you off or distract you, say, you know what? I was chosen by God as his best. I'm not going to let him down. When a sin presents itself before you, right before your eyes, and it looks like something that you love, it's something that you always seem to repeat. Say, you know what? I was selected by God as His best. I can't let Him down. The fact that He selected me, I can't let Him down. I have to do everything in my power that I know to do to make sure that I please Him. To make sure to make sure that I don't let him down. That is our responsibility. Now you have to start strengthening yourself for that. You have to start strengthening yourself for that. You To get settled, to be consistent, to learn how to endure hardness, you got to settle yourself down. And as a young person, you really have to. Listen, as a young person, if you don't do those things and get committed, guess what? You're going to be wiped out before you're old. It's your responsibility. And you know why you're going to be wiped out? Because it's going to be too much for you to handle. You're not going to always be young. See, I remember when I was your age. And I'm in my 60s now. I remember when I was 24, 25, 26, 30, 40. I remember those days. Everything don't stay the same. And you are not going to be able 
to, let me tell you, it's going to be too much for you to handle. It's going to be too much for you to handle. It's going to be too much for you to deal with. Now is the time, especially while you're young. You guess what? You know what? It takes guts to grow old. It takes a spine. Anybody can do young, top up and do all that. But I promise you, you won't stay young forever. Anybody can do, you know, while you got the strength, there's the time to build on it. But now when you start getting older, let me, listen to me. I know you don't believe it, but I'm going to tell you. Because you might be too young and you haven't endured hardness, but to live long enough, hardness is going to come. <laughs> hardness is going to come. You, it, it's not going to miss you. And you're not exempt. And the older you get, it's coming. God is telling you what to do now to prepare for it. What is he's always he's already told us in this ministry. He goes before us, he sees it all, and then he comes back and tells us what to do before time. We always want to wait to the back end when it's happening and we're trying to figure out why it happened. He told you about that long ago. He's telling you now why you're young enough. Hardness is coming. And if you don't become consistent, purge, get rid of the sins, get rid of the waste, you're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to deal with it. You won't be able to even handle the responsibility of all the hardness that's going to come. So we have to endure hardness. You have to, I said you have to endure hardness. Did you hear me? Most people don't want to do that. But I'm here to tell you, aging is not for the weak. And you're aging every day. Did you hear me? Aging is not for the weak. And you're aging every day. Anybody can be young. And all of us were young at one time. But only the strong can get old. Did you hear me? And as you get old, you'll find out things start breaking down. Not only in your body, period. That's life. Hardness. The perilous times. The world has changed. Been changing. And after this pandemic, it's all changed. Yeah, well, I can, I can, I can do this. Uh, work on your weights. Work on the sin. Work on purging. We're going to get you so that God can bless you. So that God can restore you. So that He can make you whole. So that we can be in this ministry and every one of us can say, I've been made whole. Every one of us can say, not only have I been made whole, but I am standing to make others whole. I can give them what I've got because God has given it to me. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.